Frankly, my dear, she does give a damn. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hey, love, welcome to the You're Welcome podcast with myself, Hillary Rushford, where you are welcome, whoever you are, to pour a cup or a glass in my virtual living room. And you're welcome, hair toss in advance for the wisdom and vulnerability in this and every episode. I'm a style expert and entrepreneur who explores what makes women feel beautiful. And so passionate about inclusivity, I named my company, Dean Street Society, after the Brooklyn Street I lived on with the same vision as today. We're next door neighbors, and you can knock on my door at midnight when the deep grief hits, Monday when our favorite show is on, or you just got the most exciting news and deserve someone to jump up and down with you. I'm sharing here in depth the conversations that have resonated the most with you on Instagram, where I'm at Hillary Rushford, for more joy and less overwhelm in your style, business, and most of all, your life with, per my signature sign-off, grace and gumption. So if this is our first time meeting, I want to briefly share my story, and then I would genuinely love to hear yours. If you'll come leave a comment below my latest Instagram post, whether you hear this the day it goes live or five years later, I read all those comments, and it's so helpful for me to better know you, where you live, how old you are, if you're a mama or an entrepreneur, how you found me or this podcast. It helps make everything I create for you better. My parents didn't know my gender, and according to my dad, the doctor had asked the names they had for a boy or girl, so the first words I heard when I came into this world were, hello, Hillary, to announce that I was and am a girl. Hence the title of this episode, but do not fret, we are going to skip swiftly ahead. So I'm a middle-class Southern California girl, daughter of a minister-slash-professor, slash author slash speaker and a stay-at-home mom turned uh, turned event coordinator. My first career was as a dancer and actor in musical theater, coming to New York right after college, I think six weeks later to be exact, terrified. I cried the entire flight, having been cast in a Broadway tour that changed my life, followed by years as a singer with the Radio City Rockettes and all that jazz. If you have ever wondered if you've already peaked, already done the coolest thing you're going to do at, in my case, 22, or wondered if you can make a total career shift since that's no longer what I'm doing, I get it. I was looking for my next chapter, not over my career, but definitely over the mind-numbing jobs I had to do in between shows, like catering and temping. I was researching graduate degrees in theater in London, as my plan had always been to become a professor like my dad, a choreographer or creator, mentor, teacher. And I find that sometimes the dreams and plans we have when we're younger, maybe they aren't really right for us when we revisit them, but they often have clues about what we do love or value. Because turns out I do exactly that, create, teach, mentor, just without the tap shoes and minus the college students. (laughs) So in January 2011, I sent an email to a handful of girlfriends entitled, Prayer for What the Hell I'm Doing With My Life. (laughs) I told them I was taking suggestions of what I should be when I grow up. And surprisingly, every one of them wrote back something having to do with clothing. 
organizing closets, being a personal shopper, a fashion merchandiser. I had never seen myself as a stylish girl, though I did have a color-coordinated closet way before condoing was cool. And mostly as a very poor actor, I had a knack for shopping on a budget that would have people ask where I got something and be shocked when I said Target or Forever 21, saying, I can never find anything when I go there. P.S., you probably have gifts and skills you aren't even aware of. They just seem normal to you, easy to you. You don't even realize that they would be or are such a blessing to people around you, whether as a business or just being yourself. So I started personal styling. I found my first two clients doing a quick Google search for Brooklyn personal stylist just to see what was out there and stumbled upon a mom's forum where someone had asked for recommendations. Half the mom said, just go to Barney's and they give you one for free. And the other half of moms were like, yeah, I can't afford to shop at Barney's. I meant more like the clothes I already own from J. Crew. And I was like, these are my people. I had no website, so I just replied, hello, I'm a personal stylist. I don't have a website yet, but I specialize in real women with real budgets. And I've nannied for families in Brooklyn that I can provide references from. Within 24 hours, two women had replied to book, to book me. And I was like, dear God, I hear you. This is what you want me to do. Now, something you should know about me is that I will really make things happen if I am committed to them. I do not know how to cook. I'm just not interested. <laughs> My old roommate, Ryan, used to put on jazz, pour a glass of wine, and waltz around our mouse-infested fourth-floor Hell's Kitchen walk-up where we would shout at our neighbors through the floor to come up and hang out. That's how thin the floor was. So Ryan's waltzing around the kitchen where he cooked. He loved it. It sounds relaxing, but much to the chagrin of my new husband, I just could not care less. I've never—also, um, I don't—I don't have an old husband— <laughs> I don't know what the right phrase is. I always sound weird when I say that. He's new because as of these recordings, we just got married less than two months ago. But I didn't have like three old husbands who, you know, all disappeared under mysterious circumstances or anything that juicy. So I have also never been good at this thing called working out uh, for more than a few months. Also, as of this recording, I am the proud attendee of two full weeks of two classes per week at a Pilates studio, people. I am very proud of myself for this. So what I mean by sharing this is I'm not that woman who can bake French macaroons, runs marathons, always has a picked up house, dashes off DIY projects, will homeschool my kids, and hike Mount Everest. I'm not driven to be that Wonder Woman of which other women proclaim, I don't know how she does it all. My 100% honest goal when I started a business was knowing I'd be crazy for the first few years, but then ultimately determined to build an empire and be a good friend. Someone you wouldn't hesitate to call at midnight in tears thinking she's too busy or I'm really proud of her but wish I saw her more often. Now, when I am passionate about something, I am a force to be reckoned with. I will go to the Broadway tour audition with zero experience because I do know at least I am a fierce tap dancer. I'll move to New York City, weeping the whole way, because the door God flung open is so good, I can't say no no matter how terrified I am. When I have the idea for a nonprofit, 
taking arts education to uh, my friend's orphanage in Nigeria. I'll have 12 artists on board, a website, be hosting fundraisers, collecting supplies within the year. That nonprofit will fail, a story for another pod, but I'll learn lessons that mean when I have the idea for a business as a stylist, I'll have through tears. I feel like there's a lot of crying in this episode, guys. <laughs> I will have through tears taken a job in the payroll department at the real estate company. Ugh, it was so awful. Put my theater career on hold, save up money working miserable side gigs, quit the payroll job, thank goodness, launch the company, keep nannying on the side to pay the bills, and within about a year, be supporting myself as what at the time, this is seven, eight years ago now, was an unfamiliar, way less Instagrammed word that I previously thought applied to tech-savvy men in Silicon Valley, not a Brooklyn-based girl with degrees in theater and English, an entrepreneur. What I've now discovered is when we make those scary leaps of faith, we find out things about ourselves we would never have known otherwise. I didn't know when I started a styling business that there would be so many tears from every woman I helped. I didn't know that size double zero or 22, I've literally had clients at both, we all have the same insecurities in our bodies and our beauty, that we all suffer from what I call the 150% mirror. That one part of your body, your arms, your stomach, that, no, you're not delusional. You don't have banging Michelle Obama arms and your stomach is not flat. But you see it at 150% of reality, whereas to everyone else, you're just a size medium woman with a proportional body. I didn't know we have so many subconscious stories from age 14 or 18 that affect what we still see in the mirror at 34 or 64 because of what one mean girl or thoughtless mom or lame boy we dated said. I didn't know being a stylist wasn't as much about clothes but confidence. It isn't about what society tells us, which is lose weight, buy more, trends, rules, right, wrong, in, out— It's about the realization that when a woman feels beautiful, she walks in differently to first dates, to final interviews, and she walks out of bad relationships and life situations. She's more careful in what she says to a daughter, more valued in the advice she gives to friends. She's more peaceful to be around because she's secure in her beauty. And instead of that making you feel smaller, It actually inspires you to live just as joyfully, that beauty encourages beauty. And that when a woman does not feel beautiful, there's like a weighty gray film over what she sees every day, what she says, her potential, her relationships, her joy. So I don't really read style magazines. I honestly don't shop that often or own more clothes than the average woman, but I do listen to the now thousands of students as my one-on-one sessions became an online style class, which will become a book, and I explore what makes women feel beautiful, which I think is the most important job I never knew existed. And I also explore what makes us feel our life is beautiful. As my business grew, half the questions I received were, 
how I grew my company. So I started teaching and mentoring fellow entrepreneurs. And after those first few years of accepting it was going to be crazy, like any new parent, I fought for what I came to call elegant excellence, being successful without being exhausted. I'm ambitious, but I don't want to be a hustler. That word sounds aggressive. I want a lot more gracefulness. And sharing that journey has made it clear that it's what so many of you want to. Whether you're a fellow entrepreneur or a stay-at-home mama or a nursing student, and it's what will inspire many of our conversations here, whether how to have deeper friendships or less priorities, get more done in a day or see more growth in a year. From my worst breakdown moments in business or wedding planning and the surprising lessons we can all learn from them, how to shop on a budget, or the myth of the perfect girl boss. Starting with a very vulnerable episode one in which I share five of my darkest moments in my body, money, love, friendship, depression, and more. It's live right now, so go take a listen. You're welcome in advance. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. At the end of every episode, I'll share something I'm loving. The way you text a girlfriend an article or something you found on Instagram, like that. So right now, I am loving creating this podcast for you. (laughs) Truly, I felt super nervous today, like when you're going on a really promising first date with a great-looking guy who is funny and nice and you're really hopeful for what this could be the start of. So cheers, my dear, to our first date. And heads up for our anniversary, I love flowers, grapefruit gin and tonic, and homemade chocolate chip cookies. Till next Wednesday. 